Welcome, Sealing God's People, with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the last day of work, it's progressive. Many that are fundamentalist or Pentecostal will have a truth based upon past events. For example, before the Lord Jesus Christ was manifest in the flesh, God manifest in the flesh, we had the law of Moses. You had to obey that law given to us in Exodus 20. That was the present truth. And we went from dispensations of innocency, innocency to that of the law, and then etc. and progressed. There's a progression. What was truth back then, as more is revealed, is required. We don't stay newborn babies. They're born again, that's true. But will the babes be able to enter the kingdom of heaven? The answer is no. The children of the kingdom will be cast out. Somebody says, well, that's a natural Jew that did not accept Jesus Christ and born of the water and the spirit. Now let's take a look at what the scripture says. When we find that he that overcometh to the end, not just born again, not little children, not young men, but fathers that are full grown, weaned from the milk on the meat and of full age, these are the only ones uh, that are sealed in Revelation 7 with the apocalyptic sealing. That's the present truth. Now, many do not understand that truth is progressive. That is righteousness. Many have pleasure in unrighteousness. And those are the ones uh, that say, well, the thief on the cross, he was saved. Well, that was before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I said, but that's a, that was the dispensation of grace. Well, was it? We see that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus had to happen uh, and take place, shedding his, in his blood, uh, righteous, holy blood, because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. He had to shed his precious blood. But before then, everything pointed to the cross. That's true. Yeah, there, John the Baptist came as a forerunner with that baptism of repentance. And there he told the ones that came to him, bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. That is a penitent heart. But what after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, many will refer to the thief on the cross and say, well, Jesus told that thief on the cross, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Well, we have to understand where is paradise. Jesus didn't immediately that day go into heaven. He, not that he first ascended, but he first descended into the heart of the earth. And obviously, the thief on the cross went with him to that souls that had died in the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience, all from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the prophets, all those up unto that cross. They were still bound with death. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even though over those that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam, who was a figure of him that was to come. Well, the thief on the cross went with Jesus into paradise. That's Abraham's bosom. We see that with Lazarus and the rich man. 
Well, before the cross, there Lazarus died, the rich man died. But notice the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell and prayed. Father Abraham, let Lazarus go and dip his finger in water and touch but the tip of my tongue because I'm grievously tormented. And of course, there was a great gulf fixed between the rich man and Lazarus, those that had died in God and those that didn't. But that's where paradise uh, literally was moved and paradise lost when Adam sinned. But still, there was provision made and it all pointed to the cross of Jesus Christ, the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. Well, the thief on the cross, Jesus' blood hadn't been shed yet. But he said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That's Abraham's bosom. That's that state of souls that were held in bondage, death having dominion over them until the Lord Jesus went and preached to those spirits shut up in prison. He didn't resurrect the bodies, but the spirits, as we see in Hebrews 12. You come to that heavenly Jerusalem. That is to an innumerable company of angels. Jesus, Jesus, the mediator of the covenant, and to spirits of just men made perfect. They haven't been resurrected yet, but the spirits that were held there in present, they're still having dominion. Held them in that prison, were then released through the Spirit of God, Jesus, who by the Spirit went and preached to those spirits shut up in prison when he descended. The thief on the cross went with him. And Jesus preached. Preached what? Well, preached the kingdom. That's what he preached on the earth and what he preached to them and the kingdom of God being preached in all the world through a witness to all nations, but they believed it. And they were taken there. Paradise moved there from Abraham's bosom to that in heaven. Spirits of just men made perfect. There still remains a resurrection from the dead. Now, did the thief on the cross, was he saved? Well, before the cross, yes. There, as Jesus was dying on the cross, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He had bring, he'd certainly brought forth fruits meet for repentance. Howbeit, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the keys there of death, hell, and the grave were given to Jesus. He took it by the power of his blood. There was a showdown in hell. Jesus triumphed over the devil, literally taking the keys of death, hell, and the grave and made a show of him openly. Every devil in hell, every spirit saw that they were defeated. In the name, the blood name, revealed name of Jesus himself. Then he took those spirits into paradise, into heaven. He moved it. It was there in Eden. It was lost. It went into that state of departed spirits. There gathered to their fathers, Abraham's bosom, paradise. But then it had to be moved. Moved by that precious blood, the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ. 
There the thief went with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all of those that had died in the Lord, now spirits of just men made perfect in heaven. We see that in Hebrews 12. We also see 2 Corinthians 5, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's not bodily resurrection yet, but the spirit there have gone on and have cognitive ability Knowing where they are in heaven, we see that under the fifth seal, souls that were slain for the word of God, the testimony which they held, they cried out to the Lord, O Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before thou avenge your blood upon them that dwell upon the earth? White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them and said until your fellow servants and your brethren that should be killed as you were should be fulfilled. Well, there's still a bodily resurrection. There we have the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Then, after that season of Passover, we have three feasts there. The Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits. There are not just three seasons, or uh, three feasts of the Lord, three seasons, but three not just three feasts, but seven feasts of the Lord in three different seasons. And that is the season of Passover. That has three feasts, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. These are Moed, divine appointments of God with man. That's God's calendar. We have to walk in the light as he's in the light. That's the calendar of God. That is required of man in obedience under righteousness, which is revealed from heaven, from faith to faith, Romans 1.17. But Jesus himself fulfilled that feast of unleavened bread, feast of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. That season of Passover, Jesus fulfilled in the Gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But that's not it. That's not it all over. We're complete in him, having need of nothing else. That's true. It all is predicated upon the blood of Jesus Christ shed for the remission of sins. But it also, them that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That is our calling. To gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus is the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1. So then we have the next season. We went from that season of Passover, to the season of Pentecost, which has only one feast, one divine appointment of God with man. That is that feast of weeks. You number seven weeks after first fruits. And then on the morrow, seven weeks or 49. And on the morrow's 50, Pentecost, 50 days. And then there would be the feast of weeks. That happened in Acts, the second chapter. So after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that before that, you simply repented, bringing forth fruits made for repentance. That was enough. That was salvation at the time. But when Jesus died on the cross, buried and rose again, fulfilling that first season of the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, then he said, wait for the promise of the Father, which saith thee, you've heard of me. Acts the first chapter. 
Then when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the second season, the second appointment of God with man in the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost. Well, that was the Holy Ghost given. Now the question, do we in the present truth before the cross, the thief was saved? Yes. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and all the prophets that died in the Lord. Give birth saved? Yes. They were obedient unto the present truth. But what about after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and someone that just simply repents and says, I'm saved? Are they saved? If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's not of his. That's Pentecost. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will speak with new tongues. The outward evidence of the Holy Ghost is speaking in other tongues. Well, that's a sign to the unbeliever. You see that in Mark 16. Well, did the thief on the cross speak in tongues? Well, no. The Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. To be glorified, he had to die, be buried, rise again, and then go to the Father. As he told Mary at the tomb, Touch me not, for I go to my God and your God, my Father and your Father, for I have not yet been glorified. He goes to the Father, he's glorified with the Father's own self. He is that spirit now. In John 20, 22, he breathed on his disciples and said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Just as Jesus promised, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He is now, that man is that quickening spirit. He said so in John 20, 22. The man is that spirit. You'll see it again in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The first Adam was made a living soul. This last Adam, Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. That's progressive. That's after his death, burial, and resurrection, and then subsequent glorification. Then how do we get born again? Do we just repent? No. Do we do what the thief on the cross did? No. Now we that are in the body of Christ have to be filled with that spirit of Jesus because Jesus stated, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. The thief on the cross didn't have it. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. When Jesus is glorified, then and only then do we, the body of Christ, receive the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6. What's the present truth? How do you try the spirits? Well, Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, that man Christ Jesus, the Spirit, is come in the flesh. You see that in 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. That's how you try the spirits, because many false prophets are entering into the world. Many, not just some. And when you speak the truth, you become their enemy, the enemies of the cross. But we stand for the truth. Truth may be cast down to the ground, but it will never be destroyed. There, the, as the Lord Jesus stated, that the Jesus Christ is come, just like he said he would. 
to his disciples in the days of his flesh, he said, I'll pray the Father, send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you coverless. I will come to you. The man then in his glorification is that quickening spirit. He is the Jesus Christ that is come in the flesh and is still coming in the flesh. That is 1 John 4, 1 through 4. That how you try the spirits to see whether they are of God. Many will not confess that, that Jesus is the Father, that he is that spirit, that Jesus Christ is the Holy Ghost, that he is the spirit of God. They, they do not understand in Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father, one and the same spirit. The Lord Jesus is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. That spirit, Jesus Christ, is still coming in the flesh. That is 1 John 4. That's how we try the spirits to see whether they are of God. That's how you try the spirits, whether they are God or not, because many false prophets are in into the world. Many. You don't have to worry about them. Let the devil worry about you. Don't worry about the devil. Why? Because the Lord God has given you the spirit of truth to lead you and guide you into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. As he stated in John 16, I have many things to say, say unto you disciples. You're not able to bear it now, but when the spirit of truth has come, it'll lead you and guide you into all truth, not partial truth as in Pentecost. Therefore, the thief on the cross, did he have the Holy Ghost? Did he speak with other tongues? Did he have the power of God? No, of course not. It was given after Jesus was glorified, as stated in the word of God, that you out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. The thief on the cross didn't have it yet. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. He has to be glorified and give us his spirit. The son of God is that spirit, the Holy Ghost. Well, that said, there, Peter, who have the keys to the kingdom, and on that day of Pentecost, that second season of God, which had that fourth feast, that feast of weeks, which was, and on the morrow, the feast of Pentecost, 50 days later, after first fruits, that they received the Holy Ghost. Cloven tongues of fire appeared on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. They the ones before then. Not the body of Christ, not in general. Well, what happened? They said they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. They weren't taught. They didn't do it with an intellectual exercise. It was born again of the Spirit. Out of your belly, out of the bowels of man, that Holy Ghost there is birth. You don't get it by just somebody saying, come tie my tie, la, 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 Jesus, and say that's the Holy Ghost. That's a lie. You have to travail. You have to seek God with all your heart. Seek that Holy Ghost. Pray through. Then you get the real fire of God, the true Holy Ghost, not this little watered-down, uh, sensational, uh, rooty-tooty, fresh-and-fruity Holy Ghost. 
the true Holy Ghost. What most think they have and been told they have a Holy Ghost is indeed the sensationalism of the flesh and does not have and do not have the Spirit of God, Christ living in them. When you have that power of God and salvation, it changes everything about you. Changes the way you think, the way you walk, the way you talk. It changes your whole conversation, your whole life, your whole way of thinking. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's the true body of Christ. Now, anyone that says otherwise is a liar. It is very simple that after Jesus died, buried, rose again, and was glorified, then and only then was the Holy Ghost given to the church of the living God in this dispensation of grace. Well, when that happened on the day of Pentecost, they were shook. The word of God had pierced their heart. And they said, Acts 2.37, Men and brethren, what must we do? Here comes the plan of salvation given to Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom, that Jesus had taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and said, Peter, thou art Peter upon this rock, I'll build my church at revelation of Christ. What do we do? Peter stated, Acts 2.38, Pentecostal present truth at that time 2,000 years ago, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Your sins are not remitted until you invoke that name, the blood name, revealed name of God, Jesus, who is the Christ, the Hamashiach. Why? For the remission of your sins. That's a spiritual circumcision of the heart in the spirit that the body of the sins of the flesh destroyed by baptism. You'll see that, Romans 2, 28 and 29. You'll see it, Romans 6, 1 through 4. You'll see it again in Colossians 2, 10 through 12. You'll see it in the book of Acts, Acts 2, 38, 4, 12, Acts 8, 16, Acts 10, Acts 19, Acts 22. Paul, Saul turned, Paul even baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone there in the present truth in the church eight were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. There was no Trinity belief in a Trinitarian God. A three-person God was not known. There was only one. And God is moving us back to that faith that was once delivered to the saints as stated by Jude. To those that have an ear to hear. There'll be the naysayers that say, oh no, just repentance and you're saved. There'll be some that will say, oh, you just do what the thief on the cross did. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Let me be in your kingdom and you're saved. But that's not the present truth. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. But if the spirit dwells in you, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, is come in the flesh, is a present imperfect tense, and he's still coming in the flesh today to those that have an ear. But the ones that say, oh, no, you don't have to have that. You have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of his. It states very plainly that that Holy Ghost is essential for salvation. Without it, there is no resurrection from the dead. Because if that spirit of Jesus dwells in you, 
that dwelled in Christ Jesus, it shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. There's no other way to be resurrected from the dead without that quickening spirit, Jesus Christ. Now you can go on and believe the fundamentalist. Just ask Jesus to come into your heart. Not seek God for the Holy Ghost, the true spirit of God. Have that Holy Ghost and fire experience baptism in the Holy Ghost and that with fire. But without it, there is no entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Now, after you have the spirit of God, you don't stop there. It's progressive. Now you're growing up to him in all things and all truth. Therefore, when Peter stated the plan of salvation in the church age, which we are in now, is repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name, singular, of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. Only way to have your sins remitted. And you shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. That's born of the Spirit, born of the water. Who is this for? The promises unto you, to your children. To as many as that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call, even to this day. Don't let anyone tell you that baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is not required. It requires a true repentance and literally buried with him in baptism, raised in the news of life, having this spiritual circumcision of the heart by baptism, Colossians 2.12, in order to enter into that kingdom of God. But then you have to run that race. You've got the power of God and the salvation. Do you stop there? Obviously not. Because he expects us then to grow up into him in all things and all truth. There, I'm going to list on that website there at jcic.tv. If you're not a member there, join us. There will be there an article that we have prepared for you on the scriptural basis of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a rather long article because there's many scriptures referring to it and we're not even going into the Old Testament in the ashes of the red heifer. But we are talking about the New Testament church age and what is essential to be born again. They said the thief on the cross was born again. Did he speak with other tongues? Was he born of the water and the spirit? Was he baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Did he receive the Holy Ghost? No, Jesus had not died, buried, rose again, and been glorified. And it was only until after Jesus was glorified that out of our belly should flow rivers of living waters. Now, that's the truth. Now, many will be argumentative. They'll state, well, no, that's not the case because Jesus loves you, and he just, just say that he's the Son of God, you're saved, which is a lie. He wants you to go up into his image to grow up in him in all things and all truth. He's given you the power of God to do that, called Christ in you, the hope of glory, his spirit, Jesus Christ. That man is the Holy Ghost. Now, we will do several broadcasts and live stream, as well as on our daily podcast, to prove to you that the man Christ Jesus in the days of his flesh, an ordinary man, spotless, sinless man, 
born as a seed of a woman, there tempted all points like as we are yet without sin, is and always has been the Spirit of God. Even though he had made himself of no reputation, he still is that Spirit, has been that Spirit, and always will be that Spirit. We will go into that revelation of Jesus Christ there for you to see that present true revelation of Jesus Christ that has been from old, from everlasting, that Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, Emmanuel, came in the Holy Ghost, God himself, the Father of glory, took on a body of flesh and blood, died, buried, rose again, then went back to that former glorious spirit. There, for the one to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ is to have the sins remitted. That's how you believe with your heart. There, and receiving the Holy Ghost is born of the water and the Spirit. That just gets you in the race. But then you have to overcome to the end. Now, we want you to have the truth. We loved you. But because we tell you the truth, as Paul stated, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Of course not. Those of you that love the Word of God and you're not offensed, uh, being in an offense of the cross, you love the truth. Those who do not, there uh, are enemies of the cross and hate the name of Jesus. They'll do everything they can to come against that cross. As Paul said, stated in the Word of God, they're enemies of the cross. Don't be fooled by these. Don't be duped by these uh, uh, unbelievers claiming to be Christians, saying they're Jews in the church, spiritual Jews and are not, but the synagogue of Satan. Hold to the truth. Seek the Lord your God. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. Being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it. It's progressive until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there we love to work with you. Contact me so we can work together. God putting his body, uh, the body of Christ together now into one unity of the faith. We love to hear from you and work together with you. Now we pray for God to perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.